recording uh, to the cloud is live and now live on YouTube. That will probably take a second. Oh, I need this account, I think. Nope, that's the other account. I didn't do it for a long time. Don't remember which account it was. Mm. This account, nope. Oh, here you go, Groovy Podcast, boom. Now we need to fix it. It's 73, right? No, seven, we're 74 this time. I renamed 74 to 73. I so tried now, we anyway. now we're good. Yeah. Okay. Groovy Podcast 74, Season right. 3, Episode 5, Public Go Live. Yep, and uh, we're supposed to be live now, and uh, look at us doing... The yeah, normal... You do the intro. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the long-lost, seemingly vanished Groovy Podcast. Uh, we're finally back. Uh, my name's Ken Cousin. I'm podcasting from Marlboro, Connecticut. And as always, virtually always, actually is very rarely, but occasionally exactly. I'm joined by... A Baruch Sadogurski, podcasting you live from um, Sunnyvale, California. Yeah, so it's been a while. Uh, it's been a couple months, actually. And I tried to do... We had all kinds of problems getting our schedules to hook up. Uh, you are a world traveler these days. Has, has your schedule calmed down at all? Yeah, we are uh, getting closer to our own user conference coming up in, a, in two weeks exactly here in San Francisco. Swamp up. By the way, if you are interested, I have a special discount for um, Groovy Podcast listeners. Um, oh, wow. Absolutely. Uh, yes, look at us. And uh, yeah, it's in two weeks and, and we're working towards this conference. So there is no, no much travel, just, you know, conference, conference, getting good speakers, helping get ready, get my own talks in place, all kind of administrative stuff. And it will be absolutely fabulous. So yeah, if you are into DevOps and you want to attend a very, very nice conference with great speakers and great content, uh, let me know. I will hook you up with a special discount. Yes. So what are the dates on that? Swamp up. Uh, 17 to 19. Exactly so, in two weeks. Yep. Comes right up on Google. Swampup.jfrog.com. June 17th to 19th in San Francisco, right? Yep. So you're in, what, Sunnyvale or whatever? Yep. Yeah, we are. Our office is in Sunnyvale. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, it's nearby. It's uh, it's very comfortable and uh, it should be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, not a lot of groovy content this year, um, but still, if you are into DevOps at least, um, and we even have a Kotlin-related talk. So <laughs> yep. So there was our over/under. We were only a couple minutes in before we hit the word Kotlin. Yeah, wow. That's that's like we're going right there. And it's actually, to, yeah. According to Dictionary.com. Being swamped, me. Oh, being swamped. I see. That's what it went to Google. You know, uh, to drench or submerge or be. Yeah. Okay. So if you're overwhelmed or overburdened, swamp up is to help you escape that, right? This is that the idea? I mean, Absolutely. I no. The idea is you know frogs. Frogs live in a swamp. 
and that's our conference where all the frogs are is obviously in swamp so i was reading too much into it okay yeah no but i'm i'm swamped with swamp up if that helps well the the conference that we unfortunately were not able to make that we really wanted to be at of course was uh great conf in eu the one that just happened um i forgot the dates on that but it was pretty recent it's right around uh, it was about a week ago right yeah i think it was a week ago yeah yeah, it was after Memorial Day in the U.S., but that's the U.S. thing. So uh, I think it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of last week. Today is June 3rd, for those who are listening to this after it's recorded. So, uh, yeah, it was just last week. Live next time. Man, just saying. <laughs> live, right? <laughs> so um, the one thing that's happened about GreatConf is that some of the people who presented have already posted their slides. So, of course, the one that, that's always the big deal that I'm always looking forward to every year is when Paul King or Guillaume, Guillaume LaForge or somebody does their annual uh, Groovy update. And Paul did his massive Groovy roadmap, mm -hmm. uh, as usual. So I've got a link. We've got a link in the show notes to the slides. Let's see, where, where the heck was that? Yeah, and, and he called it... Um, it's a hosted at speaker deck, by the way, but it's a groovy 2.5 comma three comma four roadmap. Although as it turns out, there's only one slide at the end on four. Uh, but it's in the title. That's what matters. That's right. So in other words, it, it's still a healthy project, still things going on, still going to be continuing to go on in the future. Uh, so of course, if you've, if you're familiar with Paul King, you know that he's an excellent speaker, but what he really spends a lot of time on are those slides. So if you weren't able to make the conference, you can still get a lot out of it because uh, he is the sort of speaker who will try to stuff a couple hundred slides into a 30-minute talk, you know. But we'll do you one better. We will do our best to actually bring Paul to our next episode and interview him about the slide deck and about the roadmap and about the future of Groovy. And as usual, um, our episodes with Paul are, are the best. Don't, don't you think we should have asked him first before we announced that on the podcast? Mm, no. I mean, that's, you know, it's putting a lot of pressure on, you know, and of course, time zones are going to be fun because I'm in East Coast, I'm on Eastern Daylight Time and you're on Pacific Daylight Time. And what's Brisbane, Australia? What's the time zone? Uh, zone for probably Brisbane? Australia. Well, time zone for Brisbane, Australia, Australian Eastern Standard uh, Time. That's GMT plus 10 at the moment. Yeah. And I think I'm minus four. So... You're probably minus one, seven, right? Uh, minus uh, eight, eight. Minus eight. Seven, seven. I don't know. Well, whatever. Yeah, no, but I mean, there is an hour in, in the day when we all aligned. And uh, yeah, we will, we will do our best. And I didn't say that Dr. Kim will figure it out. But yeah, I'm on, I'm on GMT minus four. So I'm uh, seven. So you must be minus seven. And he yeah. is... GMT plus 10. So, hey, you know, the, we we on the Groovy podcast will go to great lengths to make this sort of thing happen. Yes, yes, right? yes. We and, will, yeah, we will definitely, we will try our best. And, of course, it's because of Paul, I know, to pronounce it Brisbane and not Brisbane. Ah, here you go. You see, yeah. you see, that's all. This is how Groovy community contributes to, to us all. 
Now, while uh, we'll come back and talk about GreatConf a lot, but um, I noticed that interestingly enough, um, Graham Roche was not there because Graham Roche went to JBCN, the, the Conference of Barcelona, the job, which conflicted with GreatConf, but he was you know, spreading the Micronaut love at that one because he did a whole talk about web services with Micronaut at GreatConf. I, I didn't put the link in the show notes. I'm not sure he's put his slides up, but it's the same presentation we've seen at other conferences. Although I suppose we should mention that Micronaut is now up to 1.1.2, I believe. Right? That was another release. And that came out uh, two weeks ago today. So I don't... Um, oh, there's a link to the release notes of what's new and Oh, it's yeah. the overall Micronaut documentation, and uh, yeah, it's all it's all in our uh, um, in our release notes, including the list to Micronaut, and you can see that there there is a there is a link to release notes from the release notes on GitHub. It's kind of a little bit of of, of redirects, but in the end of the day, you can see what's new and et cetera, et cetera. Well, one interesting thing I noticed that something that seems to be catching on a lot lately, uh, they have support for native images under Grawl. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you done anything with Grawl yet, by the way? Yeah, yeah, I'm just um, involved with it since Oleg um, Shalayev, the developer advocate who works in the Grail team, uh, in, in the Grail team, is a, is a good friend. So he kind of catched me up to speed with that. Um, it looks really, really nice. What they do with native images actually helps great deal in adoption and performance. There is a very long way to actually for, for it to cover everything in Java and be able to do this, uh, you know, um, pre-compiled uh, uh, walled garden of, of everything that you need. But whatever works already looks really, really great. Well, my understanding is it's this so-called ahead of time compilation. Yes, exactly. And it's Yes. Of course, it's cross-language because the Grawl virtual machine supports multiple languages, you know, Python, JavaScript, everything, yes. and allows you to work across that way. But the, uh, in order to get the ahead-of-time compilation to work, you have to give up some dynamic capabilities. Uh, so the restrictions, what, what restrictions exist, all seem to be around the dynamic capabilities of the language. So, for example, I took a trivial... I mean, you already mentioned Kotlin, so nobody wins that bet. Uh, so I took a trivial Kotlin script and did the native compilation on that. And it improved the speed by, oh, an order of magnitude or more. Now, yeah. that was kind of artificial because what it's cutting out, of course, was the startup of the JVM. Exactly. So when you compile down to native bytecodes, you don't have any major startup time issues, and it just is blisteringly fast. You're running things in the script I was running ran in under 10 milliseconds, which is amazing, yes. you know? Yes. And of course, one of the things that I think Micronaut has as a feature is the ability to compile for Grawl, uh, assuming, I guess, I haven't looked at the restrictions, but assuming you haven't used the dynamic capabilities and therefore get your blazingly fast starting microservices, you know, very responsive there. Uh, that and also I, reminds I, me. Uh, the startup becomes very, very important uh, when we migrate to all the cloud native and Kubernetes and what's not, because the nature of the run of those runtimes is that your uh, runtime, the, the machines, the pods, the, the, the virtual environment is continuously shifted. 
right? It's always you, you leave an expectation that your microservices will be killed and then started up in, uh, elsewhere. And, and that makes, um, that makes the, the startup time extremely important because um, the faster you can get your service running, the more obviously money you save and the better you serve your customers. So that's the whole that's function as a service idea that, that every request can be going to a different server and so-called serverless, I suppose. But yeah, it's not, not only that, becomes it's, very big. It's more, about, it's more about this idea of your, expect your service to be killed in any moment and then start up elsewhere in, in, in any moment. So well, one of the interesting yeah, sorry. So one of the interesting talks that happened at GreatConf, you know, that's what it was reminding me of, is that uh, I still don't know how to pronounce his name, but it looks like uh, Zyman Stepniak. Uh, what is an E with a little thing underneath it? I don't know how you pronounce that or whatever. Hey, let me see. Where do you see? Oh, I'm looking at his slides, actually, for Groovy and Grawl VM. Um, ah, yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. That's... Um... Polish, I guess. I, uh, I suppose. And so I don't know how to pronounce it. I trust he'll let us know. Uh, he posted his slides before the conference, so I got a chance to glance at them. But I, I went through the slides themselves, and, and he did a lot of stuff on building a native image with Groovy code, and he talked about the various limitations of Groovy in terms of uh, eliminating the dynamic parts in order to make this work. Now, of course, the other thing is, is that Grawl basically went effectively 1.0. I mean, they call it 19 for some reason, but it had been a release candidate up until that point, and now it's not. So everything's been updated in terms of that. And I, I just get the feeling this is one of those things that's rapidly catching on, that this is going to be a, a pretty big deal in our future. Oh, absolutely. And that's just because the, the reasons we discussed and, mm -hmm. and because uh, in the cloud native world, the real competition that we have now is with Go, Actually, uh, which is native, and 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 you know native binaries, which uh, which means it starts up very quickly, and also it has to do with with packaging and deployment, right? But uh, in the container world, we want to be able to add one file to a base uh, Docker image, and and then be ready to go, and uh, without the need to install your Java application and your application server and and what's not. And this also moves the entire industry towards uh, those native native binaries that come natively uh, out of Go and uh, require something like GraalVM with a hot of time compilation uh, for, for JVM languages. Now, I don't remember whether there was a talk on this at GreatConf or anything, but I personally have used a, a Gradle plugin for Graal uh, so that I... I I'd have to look up the actual plugin. It's still an early version of that, but it will download the Grawl uh, processor and it, you point to the script that has the main method in it and it will generate, an, it has a native image command inside of Gradle. So I was able to generate a native image using Gradle. And that means ultimately it's part of your overall deployment pipeline, you know, that would be very nice that way. Um, at any rate, so there's a, there's a whole slide presentation on Groovy and Grawl VM, and I do recommend that. Now, looking at some of the others, let's see, other releases. Now, Groovy released um, 
a 2.4.17 and a 2.5.7, both of which, if I understand correctly, are basically just bug fix releases. Yeah, yeah, that's like minor or minor versions and, and what's not. The next one is exciting, though. Yeah, so I mean, the it's three point there. Uh, yeah, so no, the exciting... They, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, the exciting one is the, is this, it's the first beta of uh, Groovy, Groovy 3. Right, Groovy 3.0.0 is out with beta one, and I am really looking forward to that one. I mean, there's a looks like there's a lot of neat capabilities in it. Of course, we'll have to talk to Paul about that. Uh, but in addition to that, it also has the full Java 8 syntax support, so you can use the method references and the lambdas from Java and the syntax that was introduced there. And you also will get rid of all of those warnings you get about the cross-package stuff that's happening, or it's actually cross modules that's happening inside of uh, Java 11 when you try to run Groovy under 11 or 12 or what have you. Uh, I can run Groovy under 11 or 12, but it'll be nice to have all those ugly warnings go away. I think the Gradle people are just about ready to get rid of all those warnings, but it'll be nice to see Groovy proper get rid of them as well. Absolutely, yes. And we spoke about how those warnings are, are, are a problem in the adoption and, and how our ability to get rid of those warnings for a lot of people uh, is, is, the, is the marker for, I would say, the future of Groovy because at some point of time the warnings will obviously become errors. And if we don't take care about it now, people are get scared that it will never be fixed and then Groovy won't be able to run and all this stuff. So yeah, the warnings are a big deal, although they might not see so. Yeah, so right now it's mostly a PR problem, but it'll be nice to get rid of that. You know, exactly. Public exactly. relations yes. issue. Yes, uh, the, our usual conversation about how right. Groovy looks against of what's going on in the, real, in the real world. Yep. Right, so we don't need to go over all that again. Now, speaking of bug fix releases, uh, Grails has a... 3.3.10 release now. Uh, that would be the current version in the 3.3 line. I don't know how many more there are going to be in the 3.3 line because now they are getting close to the Grails 4 release. So Grails 4.0.0 release candidate 1 is in the marketplace. And I noticed that um, our old friend Sergio Delamo did a talk, I think it was at great comp, but if not, his slides are available through the speaker deck site on what's new with Grails 4. And he does list himself as curator of Groovy Calamari and podcast host of podcast.groovycalamari.com. So he's and we have to say that all, the, all those facts are correct. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> uh, and any rate, uh, the interesting things in Grails 4, now again, we'll have to go over this when it actually comes out, is that it's mostly upgrading the underlying Spring parts and Spring Boot parts to Spring 5 and Spring Boot 2. But interestingly enough, it's not just doing that. It's ripping out a lot of the Spring-related guts and replacing it with Micronaut pieces. So they're really... Uh, well, let's put it this way. The public API doesn't look like it changes that much, but there will be a lot of changes under the hood that should improve the performance, improve the maintainability, everything. Uh, I noticed that, of course, Grails 4 will require Java 8, but that's not a big surprise. Spring 5 requires Java 8. 
Uh, it'll be on the current version of Groovy and Spring and Spring Boot. So they're listing Spring 5.1 and Spring Boot 2.1, uh, moving GORM up to GORM 7, which is Hibernate 5.4, uh, moving up to Gradle 5, the latest Spock, and then the Micronaut integration. So the, the promise is no major breaking API changes. Um, I, we'll see. Hopefully that's true. And a lot of deprecation stuff removed, but most of the things that are going to be, actually the way I, I think they're expressing it is that if things do break, it's not really grails, it's the move from spring 1.5 to 2.0. It's the move from spring boot, not spring four to spring five or spring boot 1.5 to spring boot 2.0. And maybe potentially the hibernate upgrade too, because the hibernate upgrade tends to break things when that happens as well. They're, they're changing the actuator. They're changing some of the dev tools. Again, this is all because of the underlying Spring Boot stuff. And I noticed when looking through the slides, one of the interesting changes is that this REST client that they had put in, they're taking back out in favor of a REST client from Micronaut. Mm -hmm. So this is, I think it's an interesting gamble. What they're doing is they're replacing a lot of the guts of Grails with Micronaut features, yes. which should be great for performance and startup time and everything. But any of that leaking through to the user means that users are going to wonder, do I also have to learn Micronaut in order to learn Grails? And that's an interesting gamble. I don't know how, how that's going to play. But the example that Sergio includes in his slides is the declarative client. So the, the HTTP client from Micronaut used in a Grails context, and you have to have the right dependencies and everything. And I just wonder how people are going to react to that. So my, my question is that maybe, maybe that was the entire idea along with Micronaut. Maybe that was the plan of, in some point of time, to uh, converge with, with Grails or, or reuse Micronaut inside Grails, or that was the, the, the entire time the, the engine of the future grails i don't i don't know it's just speculations obviously but it it makes a lot of, it makes a lot of sense to me well everything i've heard from jeff brown or graham roche makes it sound like they took everything they learned from grails and they built micronaut and they always intended all along to update grails with the benefits that they gained from micronaut exactly. i mean it was exactly. built in a modular exactly. fashion to power the engines anyway so you might as well take advantage of it um, exactly yeah and they say even in the summary that most micronaut features will also be available in grails so i su i suppose the idea is that if you need a bare microservice something with just basic functionality with no additional features at all, you can go with Micronaut, but if you want GORM, if you want a view layer of any kind, if you want some additional services and transactions and on and on, then Grails will be ready for you and, and everything will work uh, collectively with that also. So we'll see how that goes. So that release ought to be coming, let's see. Well, if RC1 is out now, uh, I don't know what the plan is for how many release candidates there will be or when the release is coming, but I, I expect it won't be too far gone, probably a few months before yep. we have. Mm -hmm. uh, so we talked about Micronaut. We talked about Grails. Uh, the other release, of course, that's a big deal in a sense for us is that right on stage during GreatConf, uh, Jeb version 3.0 was released. 
Yeah, this is nice. And and I personally am very happy to see Jeb moving forward because I think it's a wonderful project and and people really need to be more familiar and take more uh, more advantage of it. I love Jeb. I've always felt that Jeb was one of the under reported under you didn't get nearly as much publicity as it deserved you know exactly exactly right. i agree because you you talk to people you say well have you ever used um uh, what are the underlying technologies i'm blanking on it right now well web driver or selenium you know and they and so many people go oh yeah absolutely we've used that for years or whatever and then you say well okay uh you want to look at jeb because it adds a page model to this and it it uh, adds all kinds of um, nice D- groovy DSL features, you know. What I haven't seen, oh, I tried to go to Jevish. There we go. Is I'm trying to see what's new under three. And I don't see anything marking a what's new section. And from what I have gathered just from a quick browse of the book of Jeb, you know, the documentation there, everything looks pretty much the same. So, and unless there's some major changes that I'm not aware of, probably it's, it's uh, mostly a bug fix version with a lot of cleaned up drivers and, and dependence. It might be, it might be kind of a, a, a reset if you want, right? Yeah. Starting from from a clean major version going forward but uh, even if it's a statement yes we are here the project is alive it's still very very good for for jeb for the community and and i think that's great yeah i don't use it very often just because the use case doesn't come up that often but i've always really yeah, liked too. it every time i've done it and there's a handful of people i always talk to when i have questions with jeb and you know i get the sense that uh, again it's pretty much um, even though they've changed the major version, you know, we could talk to Luke or Marcin Erdman or Mar- Marcin or Marcin. How do you Ma- I think Marcin. Marcin? I Erdman? think. Or even Eric Proct, you know, probably, and find out what's, what's new there. But again, I don't see any, uh, anything that's going to break what I already know, which is very nice, actually. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Not to mm-hmm. have to relearn something new again. Uh-huh. Uh, another thing that came out, actually, now, I didn't add this to the... Uh, to the show notes maybe we need to spock framework let's see if i can go to that spock waiting for the redirect there didn't spock re um come up with a new version as well recently uh, let's yeah. see yeah i believe so uh maybe i shouldn't go to the docs it's 1.3 now right yep yep and 1.3 is new i mean that that is a change and I'm trying to look to see on the repository if I look under the releases or whatever. Yeah, Spock, what's weird? So Spock 1.2 came out on March 4th, apparently, and there's release notes there. I don't know why I saw 1.3 when I went to the site. Uh, mostly it just dropped, cha- dro- it says it dropped uh, support for. Java 6, Groovy 2.0, and Groovy 2.3. And now everything is, is using Groovy 2.5 for Java 10 support. It's got Java 11 support. Mm-hmm. It looks like they played with the Spring Bean with Spring Spy, inspired by Mock Bean, which is something you use in, um, in Spring with yes. Makito, for example. So there's a whole list of changes there. I'll be interested to see uh, what's changed in that. And I'm just glad to see that apparently it is – 
still moving, still improving on all that. I think Mark Phillip does most of the work on that. Oh, he's uh, also a J unit team lead too. So I, I think they were talking about 1.3 having some uh, mechanisms associated with J unit five. You played with J unit five at all, by the way? Um, yeah, just a, a long time ago when it was beta or, or whatever. It's it's nicely done, and and I think that it only makes sense that uh, a Spock should adapt um, uh, it as as a, as a runtime. It's about time. Well, I I'm a big fan of JUnit Five. I really yeah. it was one of those yeah. cases where I, I kept delaying. I kept delaying learning it because you know you don't want to have to relearn something you already kind of know. And I thought, well, JUnit's a solved problem. I don't want to have to dig into that again. And it turned mm -hmm. out once I started reading, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And I really like what they've done. Now I still like Spock's data tables better. You know, yeah, I, mean, I, I, no, I think Spock brings much more, but. Um, but if it, if they take the ideas of of unit five and also a runtime of JUnit five, that can that can be a win win. Well, JUnit five has those parameterized tests, but I, I agree. You know, I still like Spock's syntax and its approach better. Um, but I'd be glad to see a closer integration, you know, with JUnit and and using all the same or similar features. Okay, that was all the releases except one. Did you happen to notice? I know you're such a fan. Uh, G Maven Plus now came oh, out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it and I'm like, ooh, it's, it's things even alive. That was a surprise to see. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, okay. Well, I think one I of guess. the things we're we're seeing in the I'm sorry, were you still going? I, I got a little bit of a Yeah, yeah, a no, you go ahead. I'm I'm speechless about Jim Evan Plus. Just ran into a little bit of network lag there, that's all. Um I think that it's important be partly because one of the things we've been noticing in the industry is that I expected Gradle to make much more impact in the build tools world. And it has been stubbornly locked in in the high teens, early low 20s in market share, whereas Maven is still hanging out in the nearly 70%, you know, market share. And I, I've never seen a tool that is so universally loathed that is so widely adopted un unless you count every Microsoft tool ever, you know. Uh, it, it's just amazing how dug in Maven is. And I mean, a lot of that's just habit. A lot of that is big companies saying, we're not changing this because why should we? And, and we're not going to go for support from some small company like Gradle, which is silly. And of course, Gradle Enterprise is still growing. But it's the fact that so many companies are still locked into Maven makes the release in the active project like Gmaven Plus to be, I, I find that very useful, very favorable. Because at least yep. it will still introduce Groovy to a, a group of developers who might not otherwise see it. Yeah, no, and I mean, I have a lot of fun with, with my bashing uh, Maven and, 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 and what's not. But um, as I mentioned a little, so many times in the past, I think there are use cases uh, in, um, uh, in, in which uh, uh, Maven still has advantage, um, especially with teams who are maybe not as forward-looking as other teams and, and teams in which you want to prefer control over flexibility. 
uh, unfortunately I didn't see um, Gradle yet to take in to take in this niche in 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 a visible and clear message, and I think this is where where Maven still shines and uh, uh, and and yeah, so there is definitely use case for that. Yeah, that that whole build tools ecosystem is something that you know, that I'm keeping an eye on as something that I keep expecting bigger changes there and it hasn't happened. I mean, there's been a rise of uh, Basel, you know, the tool from Google, uh, which is still primarily used, if I understand correctly, by people at Google. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the addition of a new tool rather than them wholesale adopting Gradle and then going from there, of course, the Android people all use Gradle. But what's going on with Android? Android's another ecosystem where all these things are happening and it's really hard to predict what the future will be. You know, what's Android going to look like? Oh, two absolutely. Years absolutely. I think, difficult. yes, with their, with their very rapid adoption on Kotlin and, and very uh, uh, rapid switch to an entire new stack moving away from Java as and Oracle as as far as possible. I think everything everything is possible, and uh, you know what, uh, Basil becomes a more of a generic build tool, not only suited for those rare use cases like we did it in Google, but also for other types of projects and other type of technology. We'll we'll have to wait and see. Well, I mean, on the Android front, at, at the most recent Google I.O., which is just a couple weeks ago, they definitely yep. endorsed Kotlin. Okay, fine. But that's a separate issue because they're also going with this so-called group of Jetpack components. So, again, it's the normal API thing we've seen for years of any visual API has this tension between the people who just want to write it from scratch and the people who want to drag and drop components onto a GUI you know, mm -hmm. and they have these Jetpack components and they just haven't universally adopted and they haven't brought everything up to date yet. And yet hanging out on the edge is this whole idea of this Fuchsia operating system, which will someday potentially unite Android and Chrome as an OS. And we haven't even seen a beta of that. So I was actually hoping there'd be some clarity coming out of Google I.O. as to what they recommend for the future. And if there was any clarity there, I, I missed it. I, I didn't see anything coming out of that. So like, the idea of using Gradle, heck, Android Studio, I'm not even sure if it currently generates Gradle 5 build files. And if they're going to do anything Kotlin related in Gradle, it has to be Gradle 5. So I'm not even sure what the plan is there, although I expect, as with Google, normal, Google normally what they do is they throw everything against the wall and see what stays and then just cancel what didn't, what didn't yeah, catch up. Yeah, so, so I think it's all very volatile now, yeah. uh, and, and actually Android is moving very fast in, in, in different directions. So Sorry, speaking of Android, there's yeah, also they're, Flutter, they're right? Yes, exactly, exactly. And, and the, their main, from what I understand, their main motivation is move as far, as far away from Java slash Oracle as possible. And, and, and then, um, and from there, they will see what, uh, as you mentioned, what stick. Right. And of course, now they, they bring up the whole Flutter idea, which introduces yet another language that's going to bring in Dart in yes. order to put that component model together. And they've got a couple of high visibility successes that look to be very basic, very simple. And we'll see how does that fit into the overall goal? What is the overall mission? I mean, do they want people to learn 
Dart? Do you want to learn Kotlin? Do you want to learn? I mean, I don't even know anymore. So, of course, I'm trying to learn them all, but you know how it is. Um, but so, at any rate, those are areas where things are chaotic. And, of course, another area where things are fairly chaotic these days is Java, right? With yeah. the, the new licensing model, which, even though I think they've been fairly clear about explaining it, seems to be confusing lots and lots of companies. Um, but making everything run under Java 11 and then 12 and then 13, you know, seems mm -hmm. to be uh, confusing people. Absolutely, yes, yes. And, and um, um, I think here the community does, uh, does a good service with providing all those different alternative uh, uh, JDK uh, um, distributions that you can now um, uh, s uh, select from. There is uh, stuff like Adopt Open JDK, and there is Azul and Liberica and a bunch of others. Um, I think you can go to jdk.dev to see a community built a compilation of those, um, um, of those JDK distributions and, and pick one. Um, it's, uh, it's like a bunch of uh, compilation just of different, uh, different uh, distribution that you can uh, p p pick from. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I mean, that's kind of, that's interesting how Oracle, uh, I would say, frightened the community into a prosperity, if you want. Well, um, Oracle has a particular style yes. uh, to be generous. And their style is not to respond to debates in the community, not to put out any reaction at all, because the attitude seems to be that to argue with people in the community is a waste of time and energy, and they'd rather just release and then go on. And the problem with that is, is that then a lot of people come out and argue on their behalf without really knowing what's going on, that the, the people who make all the arguments are not really qualified to be speaking about some of these issues, whereas the people who are qualified aren't saying anything. And it's it maybe for legal reasons. I mean, you know, the legal department at Oracle is legendary, but oh, yeah. so it's, it's all kind of a difficult situation. We know, however, in the Groovy community that Java is a very healthy ecosystem and, and still growing, and that I don't see that changing in the future and that Groovy will still be a part of it. Uh, incidentally, just as a, I don't know how serious to take this or not, but uh, I did a talk at uh, the Connecticut Java Users Group recently, and the guy who runs that, is, his name is Ryan Cuprak, C-U-P-R-A-K, mm -hmm. uh, real good guy. And he pointed out to me, and again, I'm not sure how to, seriously to take this, that sure, OpenJDK as, as a code base is fine. The problem with adopt OpenJDK, which is what I always recommend people use to get their binaries is that they publish the binaries online as well as part of a CI server. In other words, this is volunteer effort around OpenJDK, yes. Yes. which yes. makes them a huge target for security issues, for, for uh, code injection problems and things like that. And it's not clear whether they have protected themselves from stuff like that, because all you can see is the CI server running and the binary coming out. You know, uh, he's seriously concerned that because so many companies are going to grab the open JDK binaries and simply install them, assuming that they are official, you know, that they may be underrating the severity of the, the target. You know, what you spend on security is proportional to the, the level of the risk and the value of the asset. 
because everybody's going to be adopting this, it's going to be a very valuable asset. Is there a risk there? I don't absolutely, know. absolutely. There, there is a valid point uh, regarding the list. It's kind of a hard to assess because, in the end of the day, the so the, the binaries that they build are built from the sources yeah. uh, of Oracle JDK and any other distribution on the planet. Um, but um, so I don't know if there is some vulnerability just in the way they they build those binaries. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, I didn't uh, understand but... it either, and I'm not a level of hacker where I'd be able to do that. Of course, the the ones that exist on the cloud, like uh, Amazon's Coretto, for example, exactly. that's all internal to Amazon, and that's Java 11 now. They released their Java 11 version, so that's all working too. So again, I'm not sure how serious a concern this is. But it was interesting to hear the argument. No, absolutely. But on the other side, as, as you mentioned, you just go to jdk.dev and you have uh, a half a dozen, if not more, a different distribution to choose from. And if some of them you don't, uh, you don't trust because there is no like, big company backing it, you definitely can, uh, can uh, select others. Right, so there is uh, Zulu uh, from uh, from Azul, a well-established player in the Java Java market, but also uh, JDKs from SAP, from Amazon, from Red Hat. Uh, there is no no problem in in big names providing. And Pivotal announced the other day, day four yesterday, they are going to distribute their own builds of right. uh, of Open JDK. So just pick wh wh whoever you trust. That's the that's the beauty of it. Now, for our purposes, bringing it back to the Groovy community again, our nice little offshoot project, uh, SDK Man, right? The wonderful SDK Man project allows you to install any of a variety of products, including Java, including Java from many different distributions. Uh, the one, the Grawl one that I installed, what came directly from SDK Man. You know, you just go SDK list Java and you can see it right there. Uh, but you can get the one from Azul, you can get the one from uh, from Oracle, from OpenJDK. If I just, Absolutely. now I have to see what happens to be current at the moment. Uh, SAP, what Zulu, Open, yeah, J9 Adapt. There's so many available there. Now, again, we start to get into that axiom, or what is it, the paradox of choice, where you get too many choices. But still, it's, it's wonderful. Now, by the way, I do want to highlight the fact that SDK Man joined the so-called Open Collective, and that now you can actually sponsor them, you can support them, on, uh, on the open collective process. And I can't think of any project other than Groovy itself that has been more valuable to me, you know, in, in my development. It, it's one of those tools that does exactly what it says and it does it perfectly, you know? And it's, uh, we have a link in there to the opencollective.com slash SDKman site so that you can become a one-time sponsor or a backer or however you want to play it. And I'm just very glad that, that Marco Vermeulen will be getting, if nothing else, the support needed to, uh, to maintain the servers, you know, that, that, that SDK man has been running on uh, forever. So I just wanted to make sure we highlighted that. Uh, I completely agree, and I think that if if someone deserves your support, it's definitely uh, it's definitely SDK man 
uh, maybe even more than groovy in some in in mm. in some uh, in some way because uh, this is a tool which is much wider that serves a much wider community than the only groovy community and also is opposite to groovy which has a home in in both Apache Foundation and our friends at OCI. Um, SDK Man is a one one man show, and and obviously any support there will be greatly appreciated. Whoever even tried to participate in open source development knows how uh, much work is it and and how little you get in return. So if we can help, we definitely should. Well, and I don't want to make an assumption that people have the income to be able to do that, but if you do, that's a worthy cause. And ultimately, what I'm hoping for SDK Man is that they'll it'll be useful eventually once they refactored it. It'll run on Windows as well because that'll open up a whole new market of people who want to install with it. Uh, so there was that. Now, of course, there's also we have the link to a Friends of Apache Groovy, so that if you want to help sponsor uh, Apache Groovy, of course. That's, that's also available. Now, speaking of Groovy, another interesting thing, it's not Groovy, actually, it's Apache. Did you notice that Apache Software Foundation has finally bitten the bullet and they have joined GitHub? Yes, yes, that was, well, actually for, for most of the users, I don't think that there is a big deal because right. they had this they had this mirror which um, you could completely um, it, it has all the functionality there and you can really interact with GitHub um, without actually giving uh, uh, without caring that it's what it was subversion uh, on on the backend. Uh, so I mean it's good but not really going to affect our daily lives. Oh, I agree. I mean, and, and that mirror has been there forever, but it's nice that they finally said, okay, let's just do this. Uh, I think that uh, Git and GitHub specifically, you know, who would have imagined that a purchase by Microsoft would still work out fine in terms of the open source community like that? You know, I mean, it's been over a year now. Well, you, okay, you knew. <laughs> But I, uh, I, I I think that we saw the the, the right signs from Microsoft for mm. for a couple of years by now, and and uh, I think that it was absolutely clear that uh, their new culture of of support of open source of community um, will will do will good do GitHub only good. Uh, they did need a little bit of discipline in terms of uh, in terms of product management and and roadmap and uh, you know selecting the right features to invest and this is something Microsoft obviously can bring to the table so I I've always expected great things and um, and I think they they manage it very well. Yeah, the funny part about it is that if you spend time on GitHub, you never even realize that it's owned by Microsoft. I mean, you could forget that Microsoft's even involved. And that to me is a very good thing, you know, very impressive. Exactly. Yep. Now, another thing about uh, Groovy is that another thing that has been a de facto thing that has just finally got recognized in the end is that I think it was Andres Almire posted a tweet. Our friend Daniel Sun is now officially on the Apache Groovy PMC. Mm-hmm. PMC, yep. what is that? Project management, something. Committee. No. Yeah, no, I'm not sure. But yeah, those are the technical people who make decisions in in, in Groovy Foundation. And I think that's... Um, project management committee is what it turns out to be. Yeah, yeah, project management right. committee. Yeah, and I think that makes perfect sense. I think if someone deserves to be there, it's definitely Daniel, 
who yeah. basically carries the entire Groovy 3 on, on his back by himself. Uh, and uh, yeah, absolutely. Congratulations uh, and uh, well deserved. Yeah, I just, I mean, again, it was one of the things that was true before effectively. Now it's actually official and, and that's a good thing. And yeah, we do want to make sure that we congratulate him on that uh, and being involved in the, in, um, on the actual committee now. Now, anything else? The, the slides that I saw that came from Great Comp so far, which of course expect many more along with recordings and everything, um, Someone named uh, Noresha K. I, I don't. I think I've met him, but I can't remember uh, the details. He put up two of his presentations: one on refactoring patterns, one on effective Java with Groovy, which is all, also always very nice. Uh, Sasha Klein, you know Alexander Klein, Sasha Klein put up a, a, a presentation called "Groovy Teams Need Groovy Companies." Jen Strader did her CodeNARC talk, or CodeNARC Revisited, rather, I should say, where everything's been updated to the latest versions. I've already mentioned uh, Simon Stepniak, but he also did one on running a developer's blog directly from an IDE, which sounds like an interesting idea. Uh, Jakob Mikkelsen, our friend Jakob, right, who used to put up a newsletter on Groovy. <laughs> hey, we know how tough these things are. At any rate, he did a nice, interesting talk on the combination of J-Bake, the static site generator, with ASCII doc and Groovy and friends, as he said on that. I haven't been through it in detail. I definitely am looking forward to going through that one. I and think that this, one, this one is super exciting because we're always looking to uh, those static site generators to, go, to, you know, to, run the, to run the blog and everything. And it always ends up in running like Python and, uh, I don't know, Ruby and, and, and a bunch of, bunch of strange things. And, and having a, a stack that allows us to write an ASCII doctor uh, in ASCII doc and 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 then um, generating the our static site uh, using a groovy stack is is very exciting you know that that reminds me of another somewhat controversial thing that's going through the industry right now as well i mean it's not directly related to groovy but just something else going on have you seen the backlash lately against medium you know against the site for yes, blog posts yes, on medium yes i saw medium that apparently, I, don't, I don't get it but okay well medium's a vc owned company. They've got venture capitalists and therefore there's always pressure on them to find ways to start producing value out of clients. And apparently they put a lot of pressure on some of their major clients to start hiding medium posts behind a firewall so that you have to subscribe in order to see the medium post. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. this is not popular, especially when they put a lot of pressure, apparently on one of them, they actually, you know, threatened to get lawyers involved because they were a huge client and they were just taking advantage of the free one. And there's been a big move, at least on Twitter, I've seen many people saying, we got to, got to get off of medium, you know, and have your own blog, your own site. Why are we relying on somebody else for this sort of stuff? And, the idea that we've got a couple talks here on how to run a developer's blog and how to generate static sites all using Groovy, maybe that's particularly timely now with the people starting to go, maybe you shouldn't dedicate my whole, you know, set of information to a third party here that could lock it up at any time. That's what well, I would say there is time and place for, for, for everything and for every type of solution. And, and in the defense of Medium, I have to say that they did a lot of great usability research and work in order to uh, 
um, maximize the, the incentives for people to write. I have to say that I personally hate writing and uh, using the medium editor, which is super simple text, images, done, yeah. uh, did, did great for, 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 my, uh, for my ability to produce text. And uh, I think kudos for them um, uh, on that. They were the first at least to my knowledge, who came up with um, with uh, this type of content, uh, concept. And and obviously, in some point of time, when you're big enough and you're known enough and you have the resources, when you have the knowledge, moving off to your own standalone platform is, is a normal move. But um, I'm, I, I cannot join the ranks of Medium haters on this one. Well, the thing I don't like about Medium personally is that there's no way to do syntax highlighting unless you put your code on a gist. You know, and yep. if every single block of code you're going to put in winds up on a GitHub gist, it's like, seriously, that's such an impact on the writing process, having to extract everything that way. And otherwise, it just doesn't get any highlighting. That's with that that's I like, agree. With that I yeah, agree. That's, that's, that's what's kept absolutely. me from doing any writing there at all. You know, I no, don't want to. That, it is. It is. Uh, um, um, it is a pain. Uh, but uh, I guess the the real question is, uh, what type of text are you writing? Do you have a lot of code? And probably, if you do, maybe that's not the. Um, I agree that that might be not the best solution. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think that's everything. There were a couple of links also about uh, that site. Beldung, however you pronounce it, B-A-E-L-D-U-N-G, who tends to write lots and lots of beginner articles. It's a, it's a group of people. They produce these beginner articles and then sell their spring course or whatever. Yeah, uh, they, spring course, kind of, mainly spring courses, yes. Yeah, well, they've been cranking out some Groovy articles lately. There was one recently on template engines and Groovy, one on pattern matching and strings and Groovy, which is regexes, you know. But we put in a link, somebody put up a link to show all the articles tagged with Groovy at that site. So in case you, you know, they're, they're no Mr. Hockey, right? I mean, we know, we know where the best is, right? Yeah, absolutely. But it couldn't hurt to have another resource if you're interested on that. Uh, there was also a blog post I forgot to mention, creating a microservice with Micronaut, Gorm, and Oracle ATP of all things uh, by Todd Sharp. So I put a link in that, but I haven't really been through it. I don't use too much with the, uh, the Oracle stuff there. But good to know. I mean, I, I, I know you can use Micronaut with Gorm, but if you're going to do that, why not just make it Grails? You know? Exactly. Yep. yep. I, I don't know. I mean, but probably the answer's in there, and I didn't read it. So if if yeah, I'm, I, I, I but, well, you know. yeah, no, but I mean, probably there is some, still some confusion about the use cases for for Grails and Micronaut, especially when they come from the same from the same author from the same company. So I mean, it might be might be cleaner with where we need to use what. So we are in a, a pattern right now where Groovy appears to be stable, although it's moving to three. Grails is pretty stable, moving to four. Uh, Gradle, I don't know of any major changes coming in the future. Micronaut seems to have made its big leap, this leap to one zero, and now things are moving relatively incrementally on that. Uh, Jeb, of course, now versioned. Are there any major Groovy projects you could think of that we are not uh, covering, that we're not discussing or keeping tabs on here? Uh, no, I think I think that was like going through most of the stuff that we 
that mm. we keep tracking and uh, yeah uh, i'd call it an episode i mean it's probably not surprising it's a relatively stable i mean it's a mature language you know at this point and the, the downloads continue apace i still run into a lot of people in practice who go groovy is that still a thing and i'm like yes you know it's still an active project but that's what happens when you have a very stable product and we'll see what happens when the 3.0 comes out in the future absolutely i i agree well okay it's, it's been a long time. It's good to talk to you again. Yes, it's great to talk to you. And, and I think that was, a, that was a very good recap on what's, uh, what's new. Thank you and, uh, for coming with all the show notes. Have fun at Swamp Up. Yes, uh, we, we definitely will. And let's try and, and get this interview with Dr. Paul King. That will be a very interesting both summary of, of RedConf and a summary of, of what's next. And we're going to ask him about uh, Groovy 4. And we should, we should always thank No Fluff Just Stuff for giving us a homepage. You know, if, if we don't have any sponsors exactly, but that's kind of the closest we come. Yeah, and also, and also Sergio is, is our sponsor because he provides uh, most of the content. Not, not willingly, yes. Uh, <laughs> and whoever, I still don't know who runs the Apache Groovy Twitter feed. Do you? Uh, no, I have literally no idea. Because I live on that, you know, so I, I don't know who's running. That's probably somebody like Andres will find out all this time and had no idea, yeah. you know. So, okay, well, uh, I will be at, I mean, I won't be at Swamp Up. Um, my next major conference series is, uh, other than No Fluff, is I'm going to uh, Tutorial Day at OzCon and then down to UberConf. Mm. Uh, but I, I don't know when I'll see you next, but we'll, we'll make sure we have another Groovy podcast uh, in a few weeks this time, rather than delaying again. So. Yeah, we will do our best, absolutely. Okay, take care. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. And...